0: This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the batmanuniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat Family at the batmanuniverse.net including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at the BatmanUniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show.
1: In 2008, a podcast was created with one goal to bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now, the Batman Universe podcast has returned. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the TVU Podcast. I'm Dustin and Scott and BJ are here with me. And this week we are back to covering some news. We have some different things to cover. Um, if you uh listened to the last episode, I promised you that is that we would be back this week with some news and we have some news. Um specifically we're gonna talk about some of the developments from New York Comic Con. Uh, we're also gonna be talking about some articles that have popped up specifically regarding uh the Penguin TV series with Colin Ferrell and uh also, the there, there was a report just came out today talking about even potentially a bigger expansion of the Batman universe, specifically the Batman, not us, the Batman universe. So just have to make sure I point that out, but... Um, that said, there's a lot of different things to talk about, and then uh, the big topic, which you probably saw from the episode title, is that we're going to be talking about the first episode of Bat Wheels, which premiered on Batman Day on HBO Max and Cartoon Network, uh, so the first episode is released. Um, I've got plenty to talk about with that, um, and also some ideas on, as to how and why they, they did the, deb- the debut the way they did, but we'll get to that a little bit later. But first off, um, while some of this might be old news to some of you because New York Comic Con is about two weeks removed from the time you're listening to this, there is some stuff to talk about related to uh, the future of DC Comics. Um, And then a little bit of media stuff as well. So starting off with the media stuff, the first trailer for the new season of Titans released featuring Nightwing, Tim Drake holding a bow staff, but not a Robin costume yet. Um, And then there's some typical Teen Titans villains that are showing up that have very little to do necessarily with the Batman universe, but Nightwing is still present in that show and we still keep an eye on it. So what'd you guys think of the trailer?
0: So uh I, I'm a Titans fan. I know that the show can be, they have their moments where they get a little goofy. It's probably, maybe the season's probably two, epi- two or three episodes too long, so they have to string out some drama, but I love um, Brenton Thwaites, I think is his name, he plays Nightwing. He's very good. I'm excited to probably will wait till the end of the season to see Tim Drake in a Robin costume. But I always, I enjoy seeing the, the Titans in um, live action. They're one of my favorite teams. Nightwing's my favorite character, so I enjoy seeing that.
2: Yeah, I don't, I'm not like a Titans person. It's kind of something that never really flies on my radar. I just, I think the original trailer for the first season rubbed me wrong. So I have never, like I tried watching an episode or two and that was it. I was, I was so, you know, it, they can add as much stuff as they want, I probably won't, you know, really
1: visit it too much. So yeah, there was a couple of things that rubbed me the wrong way with the series in the first place. The way the first season ended so very abruptly, and in some strange cliffhanger that was conveniently resolved in the very first episode of the second season that that was something that I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, and then obviously the portrayal of Batman in the series itself is not exactly. My cup of tea, but I can understand that there are fans, and if you're not looking at it for a for a Batman specific show, it has its moments, just like um, any of the other DC shows, as well as the Arrowverse shows that have existed. Um, but there, there's there's good things and there's bad things, in my opinion. Um, I I will be completely honest. I haven't actually watched since the beginning of season two. Um, it's on my list of stuff to watch. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, no specific reason and maybe it'll be a reason to pick it up here in the near future if we cover the show here on the podcast but um, for the time being um, I, I, I saw the trailer and I was uh, it, it looked interesting I mean there's there's still that element of it still feels, like, they have a slightly better budget than the Arrowverse shows, so there's there are some qualities that come across as a little bit better, but it still feels like it's the same type of writing as the Arrowverse shows, where it's not exactly top-tier television.
0: Yeah, they always do some weird, goofy twist that no one... it's totally out of left field and never makes any sense. Like, last season was... I thought it was pretty good. It was essentially just like a, a Gotham season. Like the whole seat, like the whole team was in Gotham for the most part. And there was a lot of good Barbara Gordon stuff. So I enjoyed last season. The Batman stuff, I agree. He's not—I forget the actor's name. He's from Game of Thrones, and you look at him and doesn't look like Bruce Wayne at all. But and he's—he's he's very short. He looks like he's five eight. So he can't picture. It. I, they'll never put him in a suit. That's for sure. But. <laughs> I
2: just I, know him as Sir Jorah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I keep waiting for the, a
1: Targaryen to follow him, but never happens. But yeah, so that was, honestly, that was the the biggest media stuff. They premiered the, uh, the new Super Sons film there, um, and that's going to be coming out here very soon. Um, but outside of that, there wasn't really any major media related to Batman that uh, had any sort of announcements or trailers or anything like that. Outside of uh, outside of Titans, um, other DC properties, uh, Doom Patrol had a trailer released as well, but um, that was about it. Um, they're kind of in a very strange spot right now because there's. They're already in the midst of releasing Harley Quinn, so they can't really have a whole lot of stuff related to Harley Quinn. Although there was, I I don't know if this happened at New York Comic Con or if it just happened in the news around the time. But I know just in the last couple of weeks, they announced that there was going to be a Harley Quinn animated series special for Valentine's Day coming out next year. Um, Obviously still within the animated series universe. And taking place probably after the current season that's that's uh, currently airing on HBO Max, but I'm I'm assuming it's like a special kind of after the fact. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, that is another show that uh, we will try to be covering here in the uh, the as as the days get colder. I'll say there will be more television to be watched, and uh, we might be starting to cover some of these shows that. We have, uh, haven't talked a lot about, but uh, we really probably should just because they are some of the current stuff, especially the Harley Quinn series is one of the few main Batman series that are out there right now. So skipping over to the comics, there was a couple of different things. Um, a lot of it was not necessarily Batman focused. But there was some little bits and pieces related to Batman. Um, The first one is that there was a new title announced called Multiversity. Harley screws up the DCU. Uh, This is going to be written by Frank Terreri with art by Logan Fairbear. I'm I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong like I do everybody else's names. But uh, that's going to be coming out in March 2023. Um, The idea of the title is that Harley is back in Coney Island which i 'm sure some people are looking forward to and other people are are dreading because that it, the Harley Quinn audience at the moment is spread is basically split between the Amanda Connor um, Jimmy Palmiotti stuff in Coney Island and liking that, and then the other side of it, which is not anything but that so Anyway, she ends up back in Coney Island, and she finds out that she has inherited a time machine. She goes back in time, and when she comes back, she finds out that the DC Universe is controlled by Star the Conqueror. Um, and then she basically has to figure out how to fix things. Um, but also, she, in the process, she manages to screw up all the origins of the DC heroes. And she has to fix everything. So, um as far as this, I mean, for the website, we'll be obviously probably wrapping this up as a TBU collected review, uh, not covering its individual issues just because it is a miniseries, um, but uh, it reminds me very similar of some of the other stuff that happened back during Palmiati and Connor's run and even Frank Terry, where they were doing... Um, Harley crossing over with a, a bunch of different DC characters or making it, her character explore more of the DC Universe outside of Gotham, and Coney Island was that answer to it, where she you know, interacted with Power Girl and she went on cosmic missions and things like that, and it seems like they're trying to further cement her as a character that can exist outside of Gotham with this new series as well.
2: It could be fun, you know, and I kind of... It, like it basically like when they kind of gave the overview of the plot it reminded me of like booster gold back in the day without like the heart you know or it was just yep. like he's trying to like undo things or whatever already causes this calamity and like you get like yeah all these references you know you get one where he accidentally like you know kills Batman and Killer Moth gets the credit and becomes his crime lord and things like that where like it could be fun and I managed to be a lot goofier than like the Booster Gold ones and like feels like it could be a good time you know and, and I like the idea of cementing Harley further as kind of you know DC's Deadpool in a way but also like they can just do these really weird crazy ideas kind of reminds me like another thought I had was like the weirdness that is like cosmic Ghost Rider in the Marvel universe, but you know, I don't know it. It seems like it. It's fun, and I'm like cautiously optimistic or like lukewarm interested. Like I might read it just because I'm expecting, you know, just references and good humor.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm a little myself. I'm a little Harley'd out. Uh, like I like the show, but I feel like everywhere you turn around, there she is. But I mean, she's a great character and you can do so much with her. And she's so like adaptable in different stories. So I get why they're doing it.
1: All right. Another big announcement that came out, there was a Jim Lee panel where Jim Lee had a bunch of different friends of his show up to make various announcements. And one of the big announcements is that uh, former Marvel editor in chief, Joe Quesada is going to be coming over to DC comics to be doing some variant covers at the very least. There's a potential that he could end up doing some more stuff down the line. Um, they kind of left that open ended, but he's going to be starting off his work at DC Comics doing variant covers for Batman starting in January 2023. Quesada, uh, uh, longtime comic readers, probably will remember that he was um, behind a lot of different arts in the 90s working at DC, but also uh, was involved with the creation of Azrael with Denny O'Neill, was sort of Azrael back in the 90s as well. Um, But he had a huge role at Marvel and was there for, I think it was almost two full decades. And he left Marvel Comics in the last couple of years and has been doing his own thing. But I guess... Whatever part of his his uh, exit package has uh, ran up, where he no longer has to worry about uh, staying away from major players like DC Comics, so now he can you know do some characters that uh, he he enjoys and has done in the past. I mean, he was editor in chief,
2: I believe, right? I mean, wasn't he also partially responsible for Brand New Day? I mean, among other things. But
0: he undid the marriage. He was he yeah. was the main guy, I think. Yeah, yeah,
2: like. I'm. Ex- I saw like the art they showed. You know, like I'm excited. It looks really good. And it's nice. I I do enjoy his art. It's nice to see it again. A uh, flip side to that is like I'm not a variant cover person. Like I just buy like one issue, whatever, when I think looks the best. Or most of the time, I don't even care. I just want to read the issue. So like, I'm like I'm like up two minds. I'm excited that he's he's doing some Batman art, but also like. You know, variant covers like, well, that's cool, but like, maybe, maybe down the road he can do an issue or something. I'm not, I'm not gonna go hunting.
0: Yeah, I have that, um, the book he did with Denny O'Neill, the Sword of Azrael. I have that book, but I haven't read it, so this probably I'm gonna have to read that soon. Gonna motivate me to read that. But I saw that. One image that they released And his bat it looked very like uh, Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller-esque Kind of like a short ears and big symbol
1: Yeah, it definitely doesn't seem like It has anything to do with the current run That Chip Zdarsky has anything to do with It just feels like, hey, we're doing some Awesome Batman art and this is where we're going to Showcase it Name drop <laughs> Yeah, exactly Yeah. yeah.
2: All right, and so- in a shocking twist He will redo the marriage of Batman and Catwoman Yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> That would be a good troll. You're not wrong. (laughs) All right, and then the last bit of Batman-related news, is, uh, as far as the comics go, is that uh, Static Shock is actually going to be jumping to the world of Batman Beyond in a short story that's going to pop up in... The Milestone 30th Anniversary Special is going to feature a bunch of uh, stories focusing on different Milestone characters like Icon, Rocket, and Hardware. But Static Shock, uh, Virgil Hawkins is going to be popping up as an older version of himself in the world of Batman Beyond in a new short story. And that was kind of cool because it's... uh, it's almost like the idea of another character and what happens to them in the future kind of situation, because Batman somehow, or at least Batman beyond that universe somehow propels characters to showcase what could happen to them uh, because that character continues to, or I should say that version of the character of Batman beyond continues to exist within comics.
2: I mean, I'm a, it's kind of cool. Cause I mean, he was in the animated series like Batman beyond. So he showed up there. Like that was a, Great, I think it was like a two-parter, but I remember that episode. That was that was the one that kind of tied everything back to like Justice League and you know Batman the animated series. It's like I kind of connected everything. Um, but no, it's cool that they're doing that. I think that's like that's exciting. I'm not a big like Batman Beyond reader of the comics necessarily. Kind of got burned out a few years ago, but I actually might come back for the milestone anniversary. I keep telling myself I need to read more Milestone. So that's a good launch point
0: yeah any time they're gonna go to the future of dc they're gonna be crossing over with terry mcginnis and batman beyond and we'll see old bruce and old cranky bruce but yeah it'll be cool i mean i do i think it was a justice league two-parter um with old static and terry and that was one of the favorite episodes batman greenland and wonder women go back in time and forward and those those are two very good episodes
1: all right, so then that was basically it from New York Comic Con. I mean, there really wasn't that much news. Um, New York Comic Con. I mean, I, w- I say this: New York Comic Con had lots of other stuff related to television series and other movies and a variety of other projects, animation projects. But as far as the Batman universe goes, there just wasn't as much as I guess a specific Batman like myself would fa- would expect or would hope for. Um, especially because there has been so many other projects that we know are still in the works not that I'm expecting anything related to the Pe- the penguin television series or even let's say like cape crusader which we don't know anything we haven't we don't even know where it's going to end up at this point but like I'm surprised there wasn't something for batwheels I'm surprised there wasn't more of a you know feature of maybe Harley Quinn the animated series because it is very popular um Or even the upcoming Gotham Knights series on CW is as horrible as we've said it looks. I'm surprised they really didn't have a whole lot of focus on that as well. So we'll see what happens. Um, But that is what we got from New York Comic Con. So like I said, that was one of the reasons we didn't do the episode last week because there just really wasn't that much uh, to talk about. But there is a couple of other things to talk about related to news. The first one is that um, <clears throat> Colin Farrell has been talking about his upcoming performance in a, in the project The Banshees of In Shiren. And And uh, he's been asked a bunch of different questions about the HBO Max project for The Penguin and when exactly it's going to happen. And he specifically said that it's going to start filming in early 2023. He said that it takes place... A week after the events of the film, where the where Gotham City is still underwater and still flood, you know, still dealing with the flood that happened at the end of the film, um, and he says that the um, the episode it's or the episode count is going to be somewhere around between six to eight hours. So I would assume like about. Hour-long episodes and six to eight. Um, I, I'm pretty sure they're still probably trying to wrap up the actual series on whether or not you know the the writing of the series and stuff. But the fact that they're at least getting to the point where they know they're going to start filming early next year—that's a good sign because that means, hypothetically speaking, we could see it. Maybe at the end of next year, maybe early twenty twenty four. I mean, when you say that out loud, it sounds like it's a long ways away. But nowadays, the big television series are always further out, and they do a lot of promotion up leading up to it. Um, But he specifically said that um, the he has at least the first three episodes have already been written, and that he's 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 going to be reading them in the next week. So. There's a lot going on with this series, and this is going to be probably one of the big projects that we're going to be focusing on, because obviously we focused very heavily on the Batman, and this series is the continuation of that. While we don't know necessarily whether or not Batman is going to appear in the series, I would expect him not to, um, we know that the Penguin's going to have a big role, and I'm sure there's going to be some other DC characters, I should say, more Batman characters that will appear in the show that you know, we should be focusing on it as well.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Um first things first, that uh Banshee's movie is a Martin McDonough film and uh everything that guy writes and directs is amazing. And also Barry Kean is in it, so you have the Joker as well as Penguin in it. But um the T V series, like it was nice to hear that you know, they're working on it, and it sounded like uh Colin Farrell said they're looking at six to eight episodes. So That's exciting. And then uh, he named dropped the person who is showrunning it, um, Lauren LaFranc, and uh, writing it as well. And I did look at her background, and she's done quite a bit, but um, she also worked on Chuck, which I enjoyed, among Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and um, Hemlock Grove, which is a show I've been meaning to get around to and I never have, and I probably should have a long time ago.
0: Yeah, six to eight sounds like the perfect number because I feel like once like these shows start getting into double digits, that's when it gets a little wonky. And I like how it's a week after the big flood and um, it's like no f- prequel. I'm sure there'll be some of like Oz's or well, Penguin's like come up into the Falcone organization. But I like how right into where the events of the film let off. Um I'm sure we'll see a lot. I'm sure. I wonder if um, Jim Gordon will be in it. Uh, Jeffrey writes, Jim Gordon will be in it, maybe for an episode or two. And I wouldn't be surprised if we get a Robert Pattinson Batman, like at least in the finale or something like that. Stunt double. (laughs) Yeah, probably we'll see him in the shadows.
1: Well, hopefully not. I mean, honestly, I would expect that because this series is, is so closely connected to what's happening. That they don't go that route. They don't do what so many other series have done, where it's like, nope, we are saving Batman for the big screen. We can't put him in here. There's not a huge reason to include a series that exists within the same universe. It would be different if this series was taking place prior to the Batman. You know, then, you know, it's before Batman really comes in contact with uh, Penguin. That would make sense. But the fact that this is taking place after the events, I mean, I will say, There's a a, a caveat to this, which is, of course, Colin Farrell is saying this takes place a week after the events of the Batman, but that's not to say that the entire series is going to be only focusing on the events after the film. It could be taking place... You know, they could be doing flashbacks. There's plenty of shows that, that you know, jump around in time to showcase different elements. And honestly, we didn't really see the origin of Oswald Cobblepot or the Penguin or whatever. We didn't really see that. We saw him as a lackey for Carmine Falcone, but we don't really know anything about him outside of, you know, his ties to the, the mob. So there's plenty of things that they could explore that are not necessarily related to Batman, but I do feel like it would do the series a disservice if they did not have Batman at least appear and not in the typical "Hey, here's here he is from the backside; you don't actually see him, or oh, he's jumping in front of the moon, or you know something like cheesy like we see so often when they just don't want to go full on like you you know they should
2: like Gotham,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think we'll see like a big fight scene, but I could see True. like Batman and Penguin have like a face to face like at the end, like and they're just talking about something I don't think and maybe we'll get a little fight scene, but not like anything like not some major one. Just a conversation. I'll take that.
1: Yeah, I would too. Alright, so then the uh last bit of news we have before we get into uh Batwheels discussion is that There's an article that actually just popped up uh, today while we're recording this, October 17th, um, uh, over at The Hollywood Reporter, that the title of it is DC at a Turning Point. James Gunn pitches secret movie. Dwayne Johnson flexes his Superman power. Um, And then the subtitle is, and just what is Matt Reeves secretly up to? So... Um, this is, I'll give you a spoiler warning real quick so we can talk about this, um, but if you have yet to see Black Adam, and I'm guessing the vast majority of our listeners have not, because the movie is coming out this coming week, and it's very unlikely that a lot of you have, but for some reason, uh, the star of Black Adam decided to spoil us himself. Um, over on um, an appearance. I believe it was Jimmy Kimmel or it was one of the late night shows. He kind of spoiled it already. But there is a sequence at the end of Black Adam that uh, Superman shows up and not just a Superman where you see his suit from below like you did in Shazam. Full-on Henry Cavill returns as Superman for the film. And he has been very vocal about how he wants a film where Superman and Black Adam are facing off against each other And the one thing that I will say is I can't speak to how successful the film will or will not be. I know that the DC eggs are being currently put in Dwayne Johnson's basket um, with a lot of the Justice Society characters being included in the film. And obviously the connections that the character of Black Adam has with Shazam and the fact that we already have Shazam. There's a lot of things, a lot of moving pieces right now when it comes to this, but they're clearly really expecting this film to do very well to a degree, um, and that's why they were able to do what they were able to do. The fact that Henry Cavill returned to the role of Superman after basically being gone since uh, Justice League, the Zack Snyder Justice League film, has is, is crazy by itself because everyone thought he was basically done. I mean, they cast Supergirl in The Flash, and Superman was supposedly not in the film at all, so there's all that. But needless to say, there's a lot going on. The The big news out of this is that there's a lot of, not, turmoil is the wrong way to put it. There's a lot of change happening at DC. Uh, currently, Walter Hamada, who has been overseeing the DC films, um, he's about to leave. He's literally on his way out of the company, and they have yet to find their Kevin Feige-type producer to come in and kind of manage the DC franchise and they haven't had a whole lot of luck with that but that's not to say that they're still not moving forward with certain plans however you have to question some of the plans that they are doing you've got whatever's happening with the Shazam stuff and potentially Henry Cavill you've got James Gunn who did Suicide Squad, did Peacemaker. We know is coming back to do more Peacemaker. And he has also said on multiple occasions online that he has at least two other DC projects that he is interested in. He's been pitching to work on. Then you've got everything that's going on with Matt Reeves, with the Batman and the Penguin series. You've got um, there's there's the other side of it with the Todd Phillips Joker film there's all kinds of little things all over the place, and very few of them are connected in any way, shape, or form. And it's surprising because it what what seems to be currently happening is the exact opposite of what you would expect based off of everything that's been said by the leadership within Warner Brothers Discovery.
0: I mean, we're back again uh, yeah. with DC and uh, question marks at the top and uh, back to being, thank God my Patriots beat the Cleveland Browns because that would have... Uh, grounds <laughs> it back uh, running DC films but it's I guess I'm excited uh, I'm really pumped for Black Adam alright I'm excited for that I'm going to see that um, opening weekend um, with Cavill I'm excited for Cavill I think he. I think he's a good Superman I think he looks exactly like Superman James Gunn I would I hope they let James Gunn do whatever he wants because I think he kind of hasn't had a miss like in the comic book movie realm and matt reeves i know it talked about matt reeves he's planning like expanding that the batman universe with like um villain films and i think that's i hope i kind of hope that's not true i don't need any more villain films i'm not a big fan of the joker movie i'll see the sequel but i kind of i don't want any uh origin uh villain films
2: i'm i don't know it's hard because i want to get excited. I want to get excited about the Black Adam Superman thing, you know, because I, I my first thought too is that animated film or that came out with like several years ago. I think it was only like forty five minutes, but that was one of my favorite DC animated films, you know, or Superman, you know, Captain Marvel and Black Adam, like, and, and you know, I kind of hope it would be a vehicle like that where, yeah, Black Adam's fighting Superman, but like it's Shazam in there too, but he's uh, an afterthought. They don't even. The Rock
0: doesn't even talk about him.
2: <laughs> yeah, two small peanuts for The Rock, you know? Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's just like I am excited at that prospect, and like I love the Justice Society, so I am really, I'm probably way more pumped than I should be for Black Adam just because, you know, it's like Justice Society's like I, I love that team. You know, I love the Jeff Johns stories around those characters. Like, I am all on board and I never thought I'd see Dr. Fate and Adam Smasher like in a film either so that was other thing fueling it so like I want to get excited for these things and you know and like the villain films like yeah I'm kind of with you on that I think Joker kind of soured it for me I was just like I don't know if I want get more of this I know it made like a billion dollars and we'll probably get it like Jonathan Crane dealing with some like low level issue and whatever we're just going to follow that around but I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully we can all come back in a week or so and talk about how great Black Adam is and and everything will be full steam ahead and it's not a bunch of empty promises like we've had so many times before that movies will get released and you know we'll have a whole universe being built maybe.
1: Yeah, maybe is the key word because as we've brought up multiple times there's 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 this window that is going to slowly Close. where if they don't start doing something, and, and I say this knowing full well that maybe they go the route of next year, all the the remaining DC films that we know already exist, the Shazam, The Flash, and Aquaman, those films release next year, and maybe 2024, there is literally nothing. Maybe Blue Beetle, um, but I don't, I hate to say this, but I just don't see Blue Beetle being like a huge huge project for DC. I mean, it it could have been a project for the way they intended on it initially with it being on HBO Max, but I just don't know that that film, especially if it's the only film in 2024, I don't know that it's really going to do what they really are wanting to happen with DC. However, they could fill in the blanks by having the Penguin series at the beginning of the year and having Peacemaker season two at the end of the year and having like this big, these big projects that are, you know, on the TV side of it that are still involving the characters from the movie franchises. But I I have a concern with the necessity of having so many different people pulling different parts and doing it. Um, there was a brief mention of J.J. Abrams still in the mix, and he still is because he still has this deal with Warner Brothers where he's supposed to be creating content. He hasn't done a whole lot of anything with this deal, and it could end up becoming one of the richest things that he's ever done to produce the least amount of contact content. But I, because a lot of the DC projects that he was working on are, are no longer happening either. So to say... In the very least, that uh, the future is is uh, very questionable is is probably a very big understatement. Um, I mean, we don't know anything about what's going on. We hear all kinds of different things about this happening and that happening and this happening. I mean, they were just talking a little bit ago about how Constantine, the Kiana Reeves film, was going to be getting a sequel, and I'm sitting here thinking like that comes so far out of left field, like what, like. Don't get me wrong. When that film came out, I actually enjoyed it at the time for what it was. And I knew nothing about Constantine at the time for what the film was. I thought it was a it was a good movie. But like that movie came out, I think, in like 2006, 2005 or something like that. It Why would it need a sequel 20 years later? I just don't get it other than to capitalize on the fact that Keanu Reeves is just he's kind of like in this revitalization, uh, you know, section of his career where he's doing a lot of stuff that, you know, just seemingly it has been going very well for him but I, mean, I just don't understand it quite honestly i uh i don't get that one um it's a michael uselin joint he's gonna <laughs> he's bringing it
2: back we should invite him back to talk to him all about constantine too yeah
0: do a hey, constantine we'll, yeah. one commentary yeah yeah <laughs> but uh
1: the only other news that i remember hearing like even remoted related re, uh uh Remotely related to anything else movie wise is that uh, Patty Jenkins had said that, you know, she had a third. Obviously, she was already signed on for a third Wonder Woman film. But I saw something saying that she made a comment that maybe she won't be done with just three. Maybe she has another idea for another film after that. But the thing is, like, she was also supposed to be working on a Star Wars project. And I don't know what ended up happening with that project. I don't know if it got canceled or just delayed. But. That was the whole reason why Wonder Woman three wasn't going to be happening right away was because she was going to be working on a Star Wars project. So, I don't, I you know, like what we know of, there is not a whole lot happening. There just isn't, um, and I don't know that. I, I I honestly believe that one of the reasons we're not seeing a lot of happening is because they're kind of dragging their heels because they're really hoping that they're going to miraculously stumble across somebody to you know you know, herald the d c films into you know the great great blue yonder and they're gonna have an amazing run or something. I don't know, but maybe they're just putting all they really are just putting all their eggs in the Dwayne Johnson basket and hoping that this film does amazing and then they can be like, hey, we can do spin-offs justice society, we can focus on maybe some of the individual characters we can have uh Superman come back, we can do this, we can do that who knows i I will say. I am super hesitant about the film's success. Not because I don't think it's gonna be a good film. I think it actually will be a good film and I'm planning on seeing it this weekend as well. But I, I just I I don't feel like there's as much like publicity. I don't feel like there's a lot of talk about it. You know, like I've heard like being someone who is dialed into DC follows all kinds of things related to DC online. I've seen more for Black Panther, which is coming out literally like three weeks after Black Adam than I have Black Adam. And I don't understand what the hiccup is other than those those rumors that we heard about DC not having the money to market these films. And maybe they're just not spending a bunch of money marketing this film, hoping that it's just going to you know, conveniently do what maybe the Joker did where it, it lives under the radar and then just blows up and makes an insane amount of money. I don't know. I've had a lot
0: of random people that I work with, like and like my friends who really aren't into comic book stuff, like like actually like, go out of their way and like message me or text me and like ask me like what Black Adam is, and I explain like oh he's an antihero, he's this he's got powers from a wizard. I kind of sound like an idiot explaining it, to <laughs> them, but <laughs> just explaining that to him. But they they're like intrigued because I think they know they see the rock, they know the rock, and yeah. they know he's a movie star. So I think I. I hope it does well.
1: I hope it does, too. I really do. Yeah.
0: I got it. I don't think it'll make Marvel money, but I think in terms of, like, DC,
2: like, what they need, I think it'll give them what they're looking for. DC needs to put all their eggs in the um, Booster Gold Blue Beetle time-traveling epic that we need. I don't know who plays Booster Gold, but Blue Beetle, it'll be Ted Kord, and it's Billy Eichner. You're welcome,
1: The one part of this article that came out that was kind of interesting, that is a sort of a development when it comes to uh, the Batman universe, is that there's a quick paragraph talking about. Matt Reeves and what he's planning on doing right now, and I'm just going to read it verbatim so that way it doesn't get lost in translation, but it says, Meanwhile, in Gotham City, filmmaker Reeves is quietly making his own expansion plans. Reeves is developing a sequel to his The Batman, which grossed a respectable $770.8 million worldwide when it was released in March. Already, a series spin off focusing on Colin Farrell's penguin is on its way to filming next year, but Reeves is plotting more. The filmmaker is meeting with writers and directors to build out movies. Yes, movies, not just series, focused on Batman's Rogue's Gallery, both established and more ex- obscure, with characters ranging from the Scarecrow to Clayface to Professor Pig. All those projects are in the very early stages of gestace, gestation. So, I will say, I like the idea of exploring more. I f- find it to be slightly difficult to explore characters in a TV series without them appearing with a, you know w- uh, at some point with Batman before that. Like it's one thing if you have the character like make an appearance in the film and it's very low key, and then you expand on it and just completely run with the character in a series or a movie. I, the movie thing kind of mind boggles me because I'm trying to figure out what could they do with a movie focusing on a villain that's set in the same universe as, as Batman, but not have Batman in it.
2: I don't know. It's a weird, it is a weird one just because like, I feel like if you're going to introduce a bunch of villains, you probably want to do a whole bunch at once or like more than one and not like give them like solo movies or anything. Like, I don't know. In my head, I guess it probably doesn't jive with the Matt Reeves universe, but like I kind of want like a killer moth movie where he where he's like him trying to be a criminal but he interacts with like, you know, penguins in there and you have Ventriloquist or Killer Croc or some other low-level characters. You could do whatever you want, but I guess like I feel like like you said like they have to be in tandem with other characters they can't just be like oh we're gonna do you know the professor pig movie and what's it about it's about a guy who grew up in a butcher's shop and he was like abused or something he has a weird fast fascination with looking perfect and pigs there you go you know yeah <laughs>
0: what they one thing i'm surprised that we haven't heard anything about is to do a zoe kravitz catwoman movie like that's the movie spinoff right there like the end of the Batman, she... She goes off and They went thing. their separate ways. You know? Like, there's your movie right there. She goes
1: to Bloodhaven and she does something there. Like, there's... I mean, they could do a crazy spin-off if it happened after the events of the the next film where, you know, rumors are that Matt Reeves really does want to figure out some way of including Robin in the, in the, the Batman universe. And if he pulls that off and is able to do it well the series a TV series could could further the story of Dick Grayson Robin becoming Nightwing anything like that they could further cement that and expand it in a way that they couldn't really necessarily do in a television or I shouldn't say in a television in a movie they couldn't do that in a movie just because there's only so much time you can do without just doing large time jumps so I think that That would be one of the better options of something to do, Um, especially because I really think that someone should figure out a way to do the Bat Family on the screen, because that's the thing that I would love to see the most, and something that honestly hasn't really been done, or at least been done well. Um, That's the one thing I feel like could be something that could expand, and that you could get like, up-and-coming actors who could uh, be these characters as part of the films and then trail off and do a series or something like that. Like, kind of
2: what you're describing, I can kind of see, like, these interconnected either shows or lower-level movies or whatever where it is, like it's really a Jason Todd movie or a Dick Grayson yep. movie or a Barbara Gordon movie. And then like, you know, like the Dick Grayson one would deal with like Haley circus and Jason Todd would, you know, deal with, you know, orphans, you know, involved in crime. And then you could, you could insert like lower level villains into those atmospheres. Like obviously you'll have like boss Zuko or something for Dick Grayson, but there's probably other villains that aren't going to be used in any large capacity. You could kind of attach to that. You know, and same with Jason Todd. Just have him have some kind of like beef with some other villain that you know isn't isn't big enough to like deal with Batman. But you know, who knows? Like it's a good vehicle to throw a Film Freak somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you could do like I could see that where you do whatever, but the narrative is really kind of the the journey of these kids and. Why and who they are, and why they're deserving of the mantle of the bat in a way, or to be part of the bat family, you know, do a Cassandra Cain movie or whatever, Duke Thomas.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially if you're going the route of like doing different series, doing different films, you could expand this to basically, and this is obviously my ultimate wish, I will say this, but the idea of like the Batman universe being what the Marvel Universe is doing where they figure out ways of interconnecting the characters in series and movies and other characters' movies and things like that. I would love to see that with the Batman Universe. And I feel like, out of everything that DC has, in my opinion, the Batman Universe is obviously the group that's going to have the most Hero characters as that that they're so closely related and has such a wide degree of the amount of villains and the types of villains that they could use, there's all kinds of different things they could do. Um, And then, you know, like further down the line, if it, it becomes like crazy successful, they could end up introducing some other DC characters if they really wanted to, but they wouldn't even have to do that for a long time. I mean, like Marvel Phase One or phase two or phase three however it was the entire infinity saga that they did that could literally be like the entire growth of the bat family and we wouldn't even get to like some of the newer characters from like the 90s like cassandra Cain and stuff like that because there's just so much that you could do with barbara gordon dick grayson tim drake jason todd is you know to start with and there's like a whole new group of characters that comes along with stephanie brown and and Cassandra Kane and some of the other characters that pop up and then even the newer characters like Duke Thomas and Harper Row. I mean, there's so many characters that they could do that are part of this same little area. It's like the idea of like how Marvel... A lot of Marvel comics take place in New York City and you think to yourself, there's so many heroes based in that one city, but Gotham's the exact same way. The difference is that the characters in Marvel, they most of them have powers and the DC superheroes, specifically in Gotham, don't have superpowers. So I think there's there's a lot of things that can be done. And, like talking about this gets me really pumped for what could be, but then I get overly pumped and then get disappointed when we get whatever we get. Oh,
0: well, that's life as a fan. That's so. true. Uh... Yeah, I think I really hope that we get, like, a true proper, like, Dick Grayson origin where – because when you watch the Batman, like, um, Bruce Wayne, like, he keeps – he's kind of – keep he's drawn to uh, the mayor's son. Like, he sees him as – he takes a look at him uh, at the funeral. He saves him at the funeral at the crime scene. He kind of sh- uh, looks at him. So I think you could see that. He goes to – op- Batman 2 opens up. He goes to the circus, sees the uh, Flying Grayson's uh, die. And he he's drawn to Dick Grayson and takes him under his wing. There you go. There's the whole movie right there. There you go, Matt Reeves. There's a free one.
2: And like, I hit, and I feel like down the road, like I would love to see it where, like, you know, you have a Jason Todd film where it's from his perspective and it's literally about this like, you know, boy, like growing up. You know, he starts off as a thief and like he doesn't have a family and he finds a family but there's all this pressure you know and it like the whole thing culminates in his death you know eventually like that's where it ends like the film is just it's it's a tragedy you know basically but strictly from jason todd's perspective you know in becoming robin and then you know dying
0: this is what i thought we were going to get with affleck like the older batman I thought we were going to have a Nightwing. There's already a dead Robin. This is everything I thought we were going to get, but obviously we didn't.
1: Yeah. It's a shame because who knows what could have happened. I feel like at some point in the future, we're going to eventually see that script that, that was supposed to be, you know, the Ben Affleck Deathstroke film because it's, it's bound to at some point, you know, things always make their way out, make their way online. I mean, the Batman triumphant um, story has, has been talked about m- multiple times, and there's so many other projects that have, you know, come out that could have been, but we'll see what happens. I just hope for the best and expect the worst. So. <laughs> um, all right, so our main topic, which I mean, it might not actually end up being our main topic because we spent a bunch of time talking about our hopes for DC as we always do, but um, Batwheels. Batwheels is a new animated series uh, from Warner Brothers Animation that is that that debuted their first episode uh, back on Batman Day in September, and the series. It, I will say this: Going into it, you have to know that it's not geared towards adults. It's not even geared towards kids. It's geared towards preschoolers. Um, this is very. This is this is a specific preschool series. that's part of the new Carnito or Cartoonito uh, block of preschool programming that Cartoon Network and HBO Max were creating well before this new regime of leadership. So we'll see how long it lasts. I guess, but. Um the, the first episode premiered on september seventeenth. Um it was a special pilot that was a little bit longer than some of the other episodes will end up being. But the basic premise of the show is that the Batwheels, the vehicles, are sentient superpowered crime fighting vehicles defending Gotham City alongside Batman Robin and Batgirl, and other DC superheroes. Uh, based off of the first episode, that it's just Batman, Robin, and Batgirl that appear. Um, there are five vehicles, Bam the Batmobile, Bibi the or BB the Batgirl Cycle, Red the Red Bird, Wing the Batwing, and Buff the Bat Truck, which is kind of like a monster truck with a giant tow winch on the back. Um, then there they have been... There's about five different characters that it seems as if they're going to be going up against a bunch, which is the villain vehicles for uh, Mister Freeze, Riddler, Joker, Harley Quinn, and Penguin. Um, and what the, basically the way it's explained is that the back computer somehow was able to create she, she the back computer herself is a sentient being that uh, has the ability to do all kinds of different things that Batman tells them to. There's a sequence in the very beginning of the show where Batman tells the Batcomputer to autopilot the vehicles back to the Batcave. Um, And then basically what happens is there is some robot trying to break into the Batcave. Uh, Remember what I said about this is a preschool series. You really have to suspend – reality in order to just let this show do what it's doing because some of it is <clears throat> extremely questionable but basically what ends up happening is robots trying to break into the Batcave, cave the bat computer and this little droid creature that is uh working inside of the Batcave. cave they come up with this idea of making taking a motherboard sticky inside the batmobile to also make the batmobile a sentient being and uh the Batmobile comes to life, essentially. Now, the weird, que- the weird thing about this is that all of these vehicles are now sentient. However, they are unable to communicate with any of the superheroes um, for some reason. Yeah, they
0: specifically say that yeah. they like point that out. That like you can't talk to any humans.
1: Yeah, they They're say ridiculous. that the humans will not be able to know that you are able to talk, despite the fact that we as the viewer can see eyeballs and. Mouse moving and everything, but for some reason, at the end of the episode, when they're around Batman, Robin, and Batgirl, they are unable to, you don't see anything. They're just normal cars that conveniently all drew, drove up together for some odd reason. Um, so, I mean, it's a preschool series. There's there's a couple of, like I said, there's a lot of weird plot holes. Why is there a robot breaking into the Batcave? I don't know how did they know where the Batcave was. Also, don't know. Um, there's a the bad guy character is actually named Bad Computer. I was getting very strong Lex Luthor vibes, but I don't think who's it a, is. Who's a giant uh, jumbotron? Yeah, Who, yeah, attached to Fair. a crane truck. But uh, it, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, there's some other characters that have already been confirmed that weren't in the original episode. Uh, Catwoman is supposed to appear. Toy Man is supposed to appear. Um, Cassandra Kane is the version of Batgirl in this. Um, it doesn't feel like Cassandra Kane at all. It just feels, again, that, that someone said, hey, let's try to do a different version of of uh, Batgirl, and it's Cassandra Kane. Duke Thomas is the Robin in this. Um, you know, the show itself doesn't take away from the fact that it's Batgirl and Robin. It's just. It's a, it's just a character filling in the role of Batgirl and Robin. It's not necessarily the versions that we're used to, but there's nothing that's either one of these characters is bringing to this version of Robin or Batgirl that is different than the previous ones. It almost just feels like, hey, we wanted to do something different, and this is what we chose to do. Uh, the crazy thing... The craziest thing about this is that uh, Ethan Hawke, who who recently played uh, the, the bad guy in Moon Knight, is actually voicing um, Batman in the series. He doesn't say a lot, but uh, he does have plenty of uh, time to talk. Um, there's no idea on whether or not there will be other characters as part of the Bat family that will show up. Nobody's been confirmed at this point outside of the, uh, the Robin backroll and in Batman. Uh, Alfred is nowhere to be found, which was also a little bit odd. I'm not sure exactly when this is supposed to be taking place, but again, I'm not sure that it really makes a difference because the, what they're gearing the show towards is just something cool to have happen with this. And I literally, as I'm watching this, this, this first episode, I keep thinking to myself, when is, how long is it going to take before we see all five cars with toys on the shelves and the villain cars? Because they are they are clearly created with this the idea of how can we make these toys. Um, which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think it'll be cool um and it'll put more Batman toys on the shelves, which is always a great thing, but it is very interesting that they have certain things. They they clearly focus on each of the Batwheel characters. They say you know uh the bb the batgirl cycle you are a daredevil you are great at doing that batman you have or uh bam the batmobile you have the ability to shoot a batarang more than 100 feet like they are clearly setting up certain things that are intended to be features for a toy in the in the future so um overall i didn't think it was a bad episode i mean like i said it's not geared towards me my 5 year old son watched it and he thought it was really good so i mean like that i mean it's a little bit it's a little, that he's a little bit older than that audience but i mean if they are knocking it for pre or if they're making it for preschoolers and they're happen to get kindergartners at the same time i don't think they're going to complain so there's that element of it um, the one thing that i did think was cool is there was a couple of little like easter eggs that happened in it uh, they mentioned the batusi Um, There was a couple of other real quick things that they they talked about that I thought were kind of cool. I I mean, overall, for what it is, I don't think it's a bad representation of the Batman universe. I think it's a different version of the Batman universe geared towards younger kids, but I think it works.
0: Yeah, there was one joke I actually liked when um, Batman, Batgirl, and Robin are trapped in that limo uh, driving off for how, however long, but I try not to think about it. But uh, And Batgirl said that this is pretty sus, and Batman just looks right at it and goes, I have no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> or I have no idea what that means. It was the most relatable Batman moment, like, of all time. And I liked how Mr. Freeze's, I don't know if it was his helmet, but he just had a, it was just a big ice cube on his head. I like that design, and this will get Scott to watch right here. Penguin's car was a rub, was a big rubber duck.
1: So there you go, Scott. You can tune Perfect. in. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Although the one thing I will say about the rubber duck, this is going to be a kind of a crazy comparison. But anybody who watches the show, look at the rubber duck toy and then go watch the Pixar short Party Source Rex because the rubber duck toy in that show is almost the exact same rubber duck. As what the Penguin vehicle is in this in this show. And I know there's it's way too much of a coincidence. I'm watching and I'm like, that's the same duck. I know that because my kids used to watch that short all the time. And I'm telling you, it's the exact same duck. I think the only difference is like uh, the the duck. It's like one's in a boat and one's just a duck. But they have the exact same face. It's crazy. But... But the show is premiering, it, I mean, obviously the first episode, the pilot, is out now um, on HBO Max, and it debuted on Cartoon Network as well. The first episode was actually called The Secret Origin of the Bat Wheels, um, so you can find it now on HBO Max um, if you're looking for it. You can also find... The second episode is actually coming to Cartoon Network, and will also, obviously, also be on HBO Max on October 27th, So just around the corner. So it's not that far away from having its second episode premiere. That's literally just about from the time you're listening. This is about a week away. So there's there's lots of um, it, it's it's right around the corner, um, and there's going to be plenty of other stuff. I'm interested to see what else they do. Um, originally, it was it was weird because the box that had the mother boxes or motherboards only had five motherboards which they ended up using for the villains and then somehow they were still able to have four more just laying around the back cave to create these other four vehicles uh from the from the Batcave. cave so now there's 10 but i imagine if they can just willy-nilly throw some motherboards into any vehicle there's probably going to be some other characters that could pop up later on if future seasons release and things like that so We'll see what happens. Um, I probably will keep watching just because if I've got at least one child who enjoys watching, I, I have no problem watching stuff with them. So we'll see what happens. We
0: know you'll be getting those toys pretty soon. Then. That's, that's, that's what, true. You're you're, dread, you're dreading how there's uh, ten cars.
1: Yep, that's true. <laughs> I'm just hoping that they're not going to be like insanely, you know, like twenty bucks a pop. So. All right, so with all of that being said, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Batman Universe Podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, speaking of Black Adam, I, I'll just put it out there now. We'll probably do Black Adam review uh, next week because why not? Um, so that that's what you can look forward to next week um, for the podcast Um, Outside of that, be sure to check out our website for all kinds of news, original content, reviews, and other podcasts that we have related to everything related to the Batman universe, including movies, television, video games, merchandise, and comics, and everything else related to the Bat fandom. In addition to that, you can find us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, Discord, YouTube, you can find all of our social links at the top of the page over at thebatmanoverse.net you can send us an email at tbu at if you are interested in joining us and working alongside us on different projects or if you have suggestions for future episodes as well um, you can support us, there's all kinds of different ways you can support us, you can find all of those by looking for the support TBU section on the homepage over at thebatmanoverse.net with all of that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Batman Universe Podcast. For BJ Scott and myself, we will see you guys next time.